0: To another episode of Laser Graves, I am your co-host EK Wimmer.
1: Hey EK, I'm Mariah Rose.
0: And happy New Year, everybody! It is 2024.
1: Wow, we're in the future.
0: We are. We're in the year that uh, the post-apocalyptic movie "A Boy and His Dog" took place.
1: Okay, there it's you go. The same.
0: Fun fact for you.
1: <laughs> it's the same.
0: <laughs> Welcome, everybody. Thanks for joining us. If this is your first time. Uh, What a great way to start your year. Yeah, giving yourself a gift. glad that you made your resolution to listen to every episode of the Laser Graves Podcast. Mm -hmm. That was a good choice. Yeah, good. Uh, Pat yourself on the back. If this is not your first time, great resolution to continue listening to the Laser (laughs) Graves Podcast. And
1: thank you for listening to every other episode. Yeah,
0: and recommending it to your friends. That's really kind of you.
1: And subscribing.
0: Yeah, we have been scrambling a little bit because... We knew we were going to be taking a big trip, so we had this idea of, oh, we'll pre-record all these episodes, yeah. we'll we'll bank them, and then it'll be stress-free, and then not only were we struggling to get our episode recorded right before we left, Mm -hmm. we did not record an episode for this week, meaning that as soon as we got back, we had to record an episode, but Mm -hmm. that is the above and beyond effort that that we're willing to make in
1: 2024. We're so jet-lagged, and yet we're here for you.
0: Yeah, so here we are. This is going to be an interesting episode, but before we get into that, mm-hmm. we had teased about it, but we did take a very big trip, uh, emphasis on big, it yes. the biggest trip of our life so far. Our whole family boarded a massive plane and took off to the other side of the world to go to Japan. Yes, And we were there for 10 days, and we're not going to go into details, but it was without a doubt, like the trip of a lifetime. We had a blast there and yeah. loved it.
1: Yes. And if you are interested, if you haven't already, you can check out our Instagrams. We did post about it there. So you maybe already know.
0: Yeah, I did that mine anyway, because I'm not very active on my Instagram, my personal site. But I realized it would be easier for me to just kind of do a daily rundown of what we did than having to answer what was Japan like, you know, a bunch of times afterwards. Mm -hmm. And it's been funny because since then, I've had a few friends say, glad you're back. I would ask you how it was, but I already saw all your posts. (laughs) So hopefully that wasn't annoying. I think it's fun. And it's kind of a cool way to keep a journal in a way, a visual journal. Yes. But it was a blast. We already miss it and want to go back. Yeah. And um, we highly recommend traveling if you can. I think part of my plan this year is to sell off all the stuff that's just been piling up You know, as collectors, especially tape collectors, vinyl collectors, whatever, you have extra stuff or you watch a movie so many times and you realize maybe I don't need to keep it permanently. And I've just been building these boxes of things I keep telling myself I'll sell at some point. And now I'm thinking, you know what I'll do is sell it and start to put it in a pot for more travel because that was fun.
1: The Wanderlust is huge. And yes, uh, travel is a major privilege. It's one we've been waiting to do for a very long time. So uh, I hate those people that are like, you should go to Japan. It's, yeah. it's not easy. <laughs> it's not
0: that easy. Um, yeah.
1: But any kind of travel is good for the soul, even if you just go to the next town over, which we more often than not, our travels are smaller. But this is yeah. a big one. This
0: was a big one. And it was fun. We're glad we're back. We're um, a little jet lagged but not too bad. And we were trying to figure out, well, what what do we want to do for an episode? And I said, well, what we could do is just watch a movie and, you know, do a simple, basic episode. And then you, surprisingly, after years of having a podcast, said, no, 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 I've got a plan. You just sit back. I'll take care of everything. And then you told me, um, just be funny which is the number one way to make me not want to be funny. It's just my yeah, <laughs> it's my teenager side coming out. Yeah. I'm like, "You told me to do what? I have no clue what you have planned, but mm-hmm. you seem very proud of yourself. You were giggling as you were writing notes and just kept asking, "Did you see? Did you see?" So Oh. You have big plans.
1: Oh, I fear you're overselling this, but I have done this before. Give me credit. When did you? Mr. T. Oh, yeah, you did. And I think I did one other one. That's
0: right. Mr. T was kind of a surprise. Yes,
1: this is very different. Okay. And not necessarily funny, but interesting.
0: Okay, no, I'm fine with interesting. It's just out of character, usually. You know, normally we have a plan going in and we both do our, our efforts to research. So it was very weird for me to just hang out Mm -hmm. and then set everything up to record (laughs) and hit record
1: well i work from home you have to go back into the office so i felt like i could take this bullet for the for the team
0: yeah i'm very excited i have no clue what we're getting into but without further ado i'm gonna hand it over to you and i'm just gonna be along for the ride this is a my vacation continues, and I don't know where we're headed.
1: <laughs> okay. And it'll probably be a little bit of a shorter episode. I don't know. Maybe it'll be twice as long. Let's find out together.
0: Yeah, let's do that together. Okay.
1: So today we're starting way back. Okay. Like, not in the 80s.
0: Okay, but it's going to be an 80s episode, ultimately.
1: hmm Yep.
0: You don't seem so sure. It yourself. is. It is. Okay, we'll see.
1: It is. We're starting more than a century ago, in the year 1919.
0: Okay. This well, is the year that World War I ended.
1: Okay, history major.
0: Well, I'm just saying.
1: I know. Uh, a baby boy.
0: Oh, okay. I like the way this is starting.
1: By the name of Charles Langford Mendini.
0: Mendini?
1: Ma- or Modini, excuse me. Modini was born. Modini? Yep.
0: Okay, I'm still lost.
1: You're going to be. Uh, he was born to Mother Mary Elizabeth Modini Wood and her husband James Langford Stack Charles was their second son
0: Do you feel like people already know what you're talking about I don't know cuz I feel like in the Mr T I I felt a little guilty listening back to it after we recorded it I thought oh I should have I should have got it. that
1: Well there's been one clue only
0: Okay 1919 No that's not it Okay the okay. name
1: No Modini
0: not, No second son
1: I, I've said Three sentences of my notes. I know, but I'm stretching out a short episode. (laughs) Charles was their second son. Okay. His parents divorced when he was only a year old. How sad. Sad.
0: They should listen to some new metal.
1: His mother, Elizabeth, took him with her to Europe, while his older brother actually stayed in L.A. with their father. Okay. So kind of a weird parenting move, quite frankly. Charles spent those early formative years in Europe, kind of moving around, and his first two languages were not English, but Italian and French.
0: Okay. Wait, so this is going to be an older gentleman in the 80s. Hmm. I'm already, my wheels are spinning now. Okay, okay. um, Somebody who would have a stage name.
1: Oh. No.
0: He went by this name? No. So he had a stage name?
1: No. We'll get to it.
0: Ugh, okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs>
1: okay, but you're, you're getting there. Okay. I think. So, Italian and French. But his mother decided she would move back to the U.S. Okay. When he was six years old, and that is when he finally learned to speak English. So, his parents finally remarried in 1928. Okay. So, strange little relationship, and I couldn't find out, also I didn't put that much effort into it, quite frankly, if they stayed remarried or... It was an on oh and again off again thing. I don't know. When did the stock market crash. I
0: don't when was know. the Great Depression, thirties, twenties. I think it was late twenties.
1: Okay, we have to look this up. This is shameful. <laughs> okay, whatever. We have two history degrees, <laughs> so I know this off the top of my head. I definitely <laughs> didn't pause to look it up. It was nineteen twenty
0: nine. <gasps> Dude, that's pretty good. You have to say for asking <clears throat> when you said twenty eight. That's not bad. Considering I also did not look it up. No. Except I actually didn't look it up.
1: No, you didn't, you liar. What? You looked it up and I was like, I remember personally from my brain. Oh, this is a bunch of baloney <laughs> is what that is. So his parents remarried in 1928. Charles's father took it upon himself to rename his son.
0: Oh, okay, here we go. Is this the name of the episode? No. Oh.
1: But it is the name of the person that will tell you the name of the episode.
0: Okay. What? Okay. Drum roll, please.
1: His father changed his name from Charles Langford Modini to Robert Stack.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and I am going to fall asleep during this episode.
1: Oh well, oh, it's
0: an inside joke.
1: Well, okay. Yeah, we'll we'll get to that.
0: Okay, you, it'll make sense at the end of the episode.
1: Probably, somewhere in there.
0: This is the perfect topic for you. Thank of you. Of all people I know. Thank you. Your love runs deep. Very deep. Yeah.
1: So young Robert was interested in theater.
0: Oh, so he is really old.
1: He's really old, and actually, the reason I looked into him was like, I was like, why was Robert Stack the host of Unsolved Mysteries? I don't even get how he got this job. Who was he? Well, I know a
0: little bit about him. Well, and I'm about too to much.
1: I'm about to tell you.
0: I also know a little side story. Yeah. He coined in 1953.
1: Oh. <laughs> Your eyebrows tell I, he, he me this looked, is nonsense. He
0: looked in the mirror, <laughs> and he said. I'm the Crypt Keeper.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's Jamie Lee Curtis. Okay, just checking. Oh my goodness. Checking to see if you did your research. I did. Okay, so young Robert, interested in theater, also an awesome skeet shooter.
0: Did you say theater? Theater. Okay, skeet shooter.
1: Skeet shooter. There's something
0: you don't hear often.
1: He won second place.
0: (laughs) I feel like the competition wasn't that great.
1: (laughs) I have to say this with a straight face.
0: Okay, go for it. He won second place in <laughs> the regionals, the Kentucky regionals.
1: No, and I'm sure it's really prestigious. The na- oh,
0: Come on, dude.
1: The National Skeet Shooting Championship. <laughs> <laughs> that laser
0: greatest podcast making fun of Skeet Shooting Championship. My granddaddy won nationals.
1: Oh, gosh. Can you imagine? Like, that's your life's thing. Oh, gosh. There's somebody. One of our our number one fan is the ultimate skeet Skeet shooter. shooter. They definitely,
0: somebody, one of our listeners has a skeet shooter bloodline.
1: Totally. No doubt. Like,
0: we're sorry.
1: Skeet shooting lineage.
0: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Skeet shooting. (laughs) Do you think they drive around with a bumper sticker that says, I'd rather be skeet shooting?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Wait, is Skeet Ulrich just named Skeet? Is he Skeet Bloodline? (laughs) Uh,
0: Was Skeet shooting named after the Skeets?
1: Mosquitoes?
0: No. Oh, is Skeet shooting? I don't know, dude. Like Southern talk for shooting mosquitoes? No. What is is a Skeet? Mosquito. You can't shoot a mesquite bush. Sorry, that was a dumb idea. I mean, well, you can, but the bullet would go through it.
1: Eh, It's just a clay target. Skeet shooting. That's it. Oh,
0: that's really boring.
1: Good job. I'm gonna Second go place with the true
0: meaning is scooting shooting mosquitoes.
1: It really changes the idea when you look up the urban dictionary slang term. Okay. Okay. Robert Stack started working in film in nineteen thirty nine. So we're still so like f- far from the eighties.
0: Quickly removed from the silent era.
1: Yeah. He so, was a
0: contemporary of Charlie Chaplin.
1: He was. Well, he was part of that whole like when Universal and all of those places like owned contracts with a person and they would have a full career under their, their um, you know, whatever studio. Yeah. So they would just do movie after movie like Judy Garland. I didn't read anything about pep pills for him, but it was that same time period. Okay. So he was quite successful. He like, was an actor? Yeah incredibly successful and spent a decade making westerns rom-coms and like war movies all kinds of I things i can like definitely
0: that. see him in war movies and westerns i looked He's got at that rugged face yeah i
1: looked at pictures and you know the skeet shooting i think translated to the western. <laughs> sure,
0: sure yeah uh
1: he was friends with <laughs> john wayne
0: you, do you think he did skeet shooting on horseback
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. he did
0: friends with john wayne i feel like everybody was friends with john Wayne. probably kind of as like a warhol but for a different era where everybody's like yeah i hung out with him
1: yeah we're best friends
0: we're best friends
1: yeah so he actually interestingly his first like big deal was that he starred in the first ever 3d movie what was that it was uh box office record-breaking film too this was hugely successful never heard of it called Buana devil it was about like lions or something
0: okay 3d huh yeah
1: and apparently it was so shocking to crowds at the time that people like screamed in their seats and fainted and
0: barfed <laughs> <laughs> you know they did
1: he he had some quotes about being at this event when he, you know it was his opening his premiere And what a reaction this 3D gave the audience. Was
0: he a leading man?
1: Yeah. That's
0: so insane. I've never heard of any of this. I
1: know. I know. I was like, why Robert Stack? This is why. So he got... I mean,
0: none of this takes place in the 80s, but it's very interesting. I know.
1: We're getting there. I'm vamping. Okay. (laughs) Right. So it was at this point that Stack kind of took a... Turn with his career. He got married and had kids, and the studio executives didn't really like that because he was supposed to be the sexy leading man that was like available. Right. And and here he was not doing that. So he lost his contract and shifted. He transitioned into a career in television. Okay. So we're getting closer to the 80s. Right. In the late 50s and early 60s, he started in The Untouchables. You've probably heard of it. Very successful. And he he did return to film in the early 80s doing things like Airplane.
0: You know what's kind of crazy to think about is people our age who grew up on Unsolved Mysteries, we would have never even thought, yeah. I wonder what this guy did before this. Exactly. We just accepted him as an old host.
1: Yeah. So if like me, you didn't know this, he was a bona fide star for like our grandmas.
0: <laughs> wow. I know. Sexy star.
1: Yeah. Until we got married.
0: I'd let him shoot my skeet.
1: So he had, like, gross. I mean... Look up the slang and then you won't say that. Maybe. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So he was already so successful. He'd had, like, a full-blown career that many actors would just be content with. But he instead like entered this third act of his life in the 80s, where first he was on airplanes, so he was kind of funny. And he did funny movies in the 80s and 90s, but really a different opportunity landed in his lap. We've already said this, and it really set the tone for the final decades of his life when he uh, got a role on a new show. But the show was not yet Unsolved Mysteries. In 1987, a TV series called Missing... Dot, 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 Have you seen me? aired on NBC. Oh,
0: and this was a play on kind of the milk carton photos. Yeah.
1: Of the missing
0: children from the 80s.
1: Yeah, so it was a documentary style series, but it was just six episodes. So
0: he was brought on as a host because he was a personality
1: right but he wasn't even the main host there were three hosts okay and each did a couple of and this episodes. is 87 87
0: oh you're playing fast and loose with this but okay keep going
1: we're in the 80s we're at
0: the end of the 80s what? dot dot dot
1: <laughs> <laughs> the early part of the 80s missing okay. dot 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 have you seen me <laughs> have you seen the early 80s <laughs> just roll with it I okay. have no laid. no i'm
0: fine I'm, I'm enjoying this a lot
1: okay So this original six episodes featured exclusively missing persons cases. That's it. So it's not the um, unsolved mysteries that we know and love.
0: Sure. They could include other things
1: other things right so this quick run run was super successful and the producers john cosgrove and terry dunn decided to tweak the form a bit and see if they could actually make uh, a series the original one had actually been with nbc news but the new revamped version nbc news was like this isn't actually news (laughs) so just regular old nbc took took it up okay they decided the, to expand the content to include more than just missing persons uh, and rename the show to reflect this change. So the new name was Unsolved Mysteries.
0: Yeah, it was.
1: Yeah. Did you
0: watch it a lot as a kid?
1: Yes. Okay. Do yes. You, when
0: do you want to talk about this? We
1: because can talk about it it now. is... Let's do this.
0: Seriously, one of the first things I ever learned about you when I met you. Really? Was that you loved Unsolved Mysteries.
1: I really love Unsolved Mysteries. Yeah. (laughs) First of all, I started watching it as a little girl. And I just loved mysteries. I think it was one of those ways that I could get horror. You know, my parents wouldn't let me watch horror movies, but for some reason they would let me watch this. Did you
0: read... Like Nancy Drew or the Hardy Boys or anything like that growing up?
1: I did some, but they were kind of old for me. So I read a lot of Christopher Pike. Oh, right. Yeah.
0: Christopher Pike's Warp Your
1: Alley. That's right. So I did do that, but um, it was really in high school. So in the 90s that everything changed for me because I had severe insomnia and I discovered one night the magic (laughs) of Robert Stack's voice. Yes. And his voice could put me to sleep. Truly, it was a magical experience. I could be listening to him talk about a grisly murder, and I'd be out like a light. <laughs> yeah, he
0: so, has a very calming voice. Yeah,
1: it didn't really matter what he was saying, also because I'd seen every episode. It wasn't really registering what I was listening to.
0: It's really interesting. I loved it because I mean, I I knew Unsolved Mysteries, but I had never met somebody our age. A teenager who really (laughs) loved Unsolved Mysteries. (laughs) Really loved Unsolved Mysteries. But it was cool. It was always a cool show for sure.
1: Did you like watch it? I know you guys had weird cable. Yeah,
0: I didn't have a lot of cable. But I mean, everybody else did. So and it was such a popular show. It was just one of those things. Like, I didn't have cable, but I knew MTV really well, because every other person in my life had MTV. So you just be at a friend's house. And of course, Unsolved Mysteries would be on or MTV or something like that. So It was something that I was very aware of growing up. I mean, I didn't see every episode, but definitely saw plenty to know what the show was about and enjoyed it.
1: You know, another thing I think that is lost on younger generations is that in the 80s, there weren't really that many shows on TV. It wasn't like 500 channels like now. It was like 20. Yeah. (laughs) And so... Everybody would watch the same shows, the same hits. So you would talk about it, even if you didn't see it. Your friend might tell you, "Oh, did you see Unsolved Mysteries?" Then they would tell you exactly what happened in that episode. Yeah,
0: and with movies, you had like the movie of the week, and so every all the families sat around and watched the ABC movie of the week. You know, it was interesting. You had very limited resources, and if you didn't have cable, you just had sat or not satellite. You had antenna. You know, you had ten channels and. You try to get the most out of it, but there was still, it was still a lot of fun. Even yeah. I actually, not to sound like an old fart on a porch, but <laughs> I preferred having less because once the like massive satellite packages came, mm-hmm. I remember after I left for college is when my parents got a computer for the first time. They got satellite TV. Mm-hmm. I came back, I'm like... I wasn't an an expensive child by any means, (laughs) so why are they living the life of luxury now that I left? Because I remember coming back from college and they had cable and and computer and internet and everything. I was like, what the hell? But uh, I remember being overwhelmed at the amount of channels that satellite had. It was just way too many. and. Something was kind of nice about being like, this is your Saturday morning cartoons. You watch these. You're watching it. Whether you want to watch it or not, these are the cartoons you're watching. So Unsolved Mysteries was one of those things where it just, it's on, you're going to watch it. Yeah,
1: it's true. And because
0: it was on a major network, you could get it through antenna. You didn't have to have cable.
1: And then you would watch the reruns over the summer or holidays. Yeah, and
0: that's usually the networks for um, antenna channels would be the reruns, whereas maybe the subscription cable you would get it the day it came out.
1: You know, my first experience with satellite TV, I was babysitting for some neighbor's kids. This is totally off track. I was babysitting for some neighbor's kids and they were a snack house. Do you know what I'm talking about? The kind where the mom just buys like crap tons of snacks. Oh,
0: I love those homes.
1: So I went there and they were like, here's our cable television. And it was like four remotes that were giant. (laughs) I tried to figure it out. Terror vision. I couldn't figure it out. So I just turned it on to something and I went to their snack drawer and it was like waist high. And you just like leaned into it and pulled out snacks. And I ate... So many granola bars that I looked down when I was done and I was like, oh, I'm going to have to hide this under other trash because I think I ate like 10 granola bars.
0: I had my sister, my uh, middle sister. Oh, she's a snack She's house. big, big time snack person. And when I would babysit her kids in high school, she... Her kitchen was just insane. You could walk in and it was just packed with snacks. And she was really big on the, what was it called? Schwann's or Swans or whatever?
1: Schwann's, yeah. The guy.
0: And they would buy all these frozen foods. And so I would, as a like 17, 16-year-old boy, when I opened the fridge and there's just tons of pizza rolls like, hell yeah, this is, I was like Scrooge McDuck diving into the gold pit, <laughs> swimming around in snacks. And I got one night so sick off of frozen pizza rolls because it was like an all-you-could-eat buffet. I just plowed through oh. all of their food because that was not something I had growing up. We were not a snack family like that. So. Congrats. No, I know exactly what you're talking about. Okay, so you had a lot of snacks and you watched uh, cable TV. Back to... Unsolved Mysteries.
1: Okay. Yeah, I think I left off with the new name was Unsolved Mysteries. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever. So, producers asked Robert Stack out of the three hosts. He was the one to take on the job. I think he was one of the more famous. They were all pretty famous. Yeah, they did
0: Paper Rock Scissors, as Legend goes.
1: Yes. Anyway, he took the job of hosting the series. The revamped version of the show included Unsolved Crimes. Missing persons, alien abductions, UFOs, ghosts. The good
0: stuff. All that kind of stuff. Ghosts.
1: Ghosts. Ghosts. The newly named Unsolved Mysteries debuted on NBC in 1988.
0: Okay, so it's official. We'll put a flag in it. This is an 80s episode.
1: Thank you. It was a success. Duh. (laughs) (laughs) So the show was introduced by Robert Stack's narration over the song written by Boyd and Gary Malkin.
0: Oh, what a song it is! Too
1: it. There's like a whole side of the web that is devoted to this song.
0: It got released on vinyl recently, <laughs> and I was gonna buy it for you as a gift to help you sleep at night.
1: <laughs> it has to have Robert Stack's voice.
0: Yeah, I have an important question before we go on. Okay, it's been bugging me since I was a kid, what? and I'm hoping you have the answer. Oh gosh, what came first, the trench coat of Robert Stack? Or the trench coat of Gruff McGruff, the sc- the crime dog?
1: I think it's probably Scruff McGruff.
0: Because I thought he was kind of like a real life version of him. Because oh. he would talk about crimes and stuff.
1: We got to do a McGruff episode at some point. So we'll address this. Thing. I we'll think circle people back. would enjoy that. Yeah, I think so. Why not? So we'll come back to it. You guys put a pin in that and maybe we'll remember by the time we get to That was McGruff.
0: definitely 80s, right?
1: Yeah, I think into the 90s. Okay. Okay. We'll anyway. get to it. So I found, this is when you saw me laughing and cheering. Okay, what's going on? I was like, what is the name of that song that's in all of our heads that we all know? It
0: has a name?
1: It has a name.
0: What is the name?
1: So I found it finally in a Men's Health Magazine article. Is
0: this your fun fact? No. Oh, this is really good.
1: I know. It could be a double fun fact.
0: No, let's just get it. Okay. I I have to know now. I want
1: you to guess, like, what would you name this song if you were going to name it?
0: I would call it uh, maybe Misty
1: Nights. (laughs) (laughs) That's really good. Okay, what is it
0: actually called?
1: It's called the Devil's Interval. Oh, the Devil's
0: Interval is an unsettling sound of tritones. Oh,
1: okay. Yeah,
0: it's called like Satan's Chord or something like that. Okay, so they just
1: named it after that. That's funny. Okay. Well, it's fitting, and it is equally creepy. Okay. Okay. Well, good to know. So the format of this new show, four segments plus uh, an update on a previous segment, which I loved the updates because I remembered, you know, I, I had memorized them, and when they'd be like, guess what? In this episode, we talked about this, and now... It's solved. And it was always like a criminal getting off a plane or something. Yeah. Ugh. He was found Loved in it. Bermuda. <laughs> totally. And, of course, it included Robert Stack's narration, interviews from the survivors or the people involved, and reenactments.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, two things. Robert Stack was in front of like a, a Masonic temple for all of those... Just scenes of him walking in a trench coat. Uh, okay. They thought it looked creepy. So almost all of them were him like wandering around and it's in like California.
0: Okay, cool.
1: Okay. And two, the reenactments originally, and you may remember this. I vaguely remember this. The early reenactments actually just had the people who experienced yeah. it reenacting. <laughs> reenacting
0: their trauma. Yeah, I remember that.
1: Yeah. So needless to say...
0: The producers decided
1: maybe this is important that we hire some actors. But they did keep the individuals involved there to speak on their own behalf in interviews.
0: Yeah. Do you have certain episodes or do you want to do this at the end that stood out? And I'm curious if there were certain episodes that really made a scene or became iconic for the series or if it's all up to personal taste.
1: I think it's personal taste um and we can do this now it doesn't matter. Not one specific one that really sticks out to me because I just loved so many of them. But there there were some really good ones. I think the DB Cooper one really blew mm. my mind. Um And then, you know, the ghost ones when I was really young. Yeah, those are always fun. Although Robert Stack and the producers, not necessarily big fans, but it did draw in a crowd. Sure.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's low-hanging fruit.
1: (laughs) It really is. Because
0: that's the ones I was tuning into. Like, cool, ghosts,
1: aliens. Well, and they did like one big, um, I'm not sure what the year was, but they had a big old... I think it was an hour long special that was all ghosts for Halloween, and they did it to compete with a Jack the Ripper episode on another station.
0: Oh, is this nineties?
1: I'm not quite sure. Oh,
0: if it was eighties, we could do a Halloween episode.
1: Oy. but it it did beat the Jack the Ripper episode. But yeah. the Robert Stack was like not a fan of it because nah. it was all ghosts. Whatever. Well, I think he liked the idea of helping people and using this to to really solve like cases that needed help like the ghost cases don't need resolution they're just a mystery yeah and true crime
0: has been around in pop culture forever as long as humans have been around but I do feel like this really elevated the whole genre of true crime Mm -hmm. to the average household too because this was when I first became aware of just random crime stories oh gosh yeah in this kind of setting you know that kind of primed me for what you listen to now with podcasts and stuff. You're like, yeah, it sounds like an episode of Unsolved Mysteries.
1: Yeah. And, you know, I was, as a kid, a worrier. And all of these things made me go, okay, I do this. That won't happen to me. So I felt like I was making notes for my whole life by watching this. Like, this is how I don't get murdered. This is how I don't get abducted by aliens. (laughs) This is how I act when ghosts are around. I don't know.
0: (laughs) Don't probe me, man.
1: Totally. It was that in the news where I cultivated my lifelong worry. But weirdly, it was also the solution by putting me to sleep later. Yeah. Okay. So back to those actors we hired. Like I said, producers learned professional actors were needed and they did hire them.
0: Do we have some people who went on to have careers? Please tell me they got their start on Unsolved Mysteries.
1: Which leads me to this week's fun fact. Yes! (laughs) (laughs) So one major actor made his debut on Unsolved Mysteries. Many did.
0: Oh, I cannot wait to hear this.
1: But this one we've actually given a first to previously on this show for his first film debut. This is his first TV debut.
0: Okay. What is this?
1: They found him in Texas.
0: <gasps> Matthew McConaughey. Yes All right.
1: All right. <laughs> he was played a murder victim, but he also was shirtless.
0: Of course he was shirtless. Yeah,
1: that was his breakthrough. Wow. Yeah. That dude was everywhere. In Texas.
0: He really just made things happen.
1: I think no matter where that man was, things were going to happen for him. Do you
0: think he, when he was having a pitch meeting, he would sit down and be like, all right, I got an idea. Now just hear me out. I'm like a rough and tumble guy. And they're like, we've got a billion guys we can choose from. He's like... Hold on, is it getting hot in here? And then he sits <laughs> up, he takes off his shirt, he pulls out the bongos, oh, and gosh. then he continues and he's like, Now let me tell you my story again. Let me give you my idea. And then they hire him.
1: I think he just mesmerizes people with bongos and abs, and yeah. it's good.
0: Do you think that he can make his pecs move to the bongo beat?
1: Yes, 100%. I feel like he's
0: a guy that can do that.
1: Yeah, I think sometimes he plays the bongos with his pecs.
0: <laughs> with just his pecs. <laughs> just... <laughs> <laughs>
1: That'd be
0: pretty pretty dull sounding maybe <laughs> like like dropping baloney on a bongo <laughs> <laughs> okay well anyway
1: it might sound like this
0: yeah so what um who else do you have anybody else for um us?
1: well there was there were a lot of people he's the most important
0: yeah, he's the big one okay
1: yeah there's like virginia madsen was actually a host later on Interesting. Yeah. So, I mean, there were just lots of... Keely Shea Smith was on there. That's Pierce Brosnan's wife, I believe. Okay. Uh, But she was like a news reporter. Just all kinds of people all over the place. I mean,
0: it had the ratings, so it would be a good gig to get on.
1: Yeah. and, And this was very early on that Matthew got the role. So it was big for him. So anyway, the show was a hit right out of the gates. It was super popular with viewers, but it was also making an actual difference. So, that's, so they were
0: catching these people then. Huh? Yeah,
1: they okay. they made a huge difference. I'll give you some numbers here, but uh, you might remember that Stack invites his viewer into the program by saying, "Join me." Yeah, <laughs> perhaps you may help to solve a mystery, and viewers took that so seriously. Many viewers were, or many mysteries were in fact solved by viewers who called in. There's one episode about arsonists. It was like a video and they didn't know the place, the location, or who did it. And so many viewers recognized it and called it in that they were able to solve the problem. Uh, another was a couple who'd been robbing banks that were caught by viewers. They were just sitting in their sh- home, and I think they had also watched the show and were just like, well,
0: <laughs> darn, guess we're done.
1: <laughs> I don't know why. Everybody's got an accent.
0: <laughs> Everybody has an accent. But, it's the 80s.
1: Yeah, totally. And they're all from Texas. According to the website, the Unsolved Mysteries website, which is still active, they have uh, saw, or showed over 1,000 uh, cases. Okay. Like, well over 1,000 cases. And half of the episodes that featured fugitives have been solved. Wow, that's a huge number. Yes. More than 100 families were reunited. Like one young woman uh, saw her sister saying, I ran away and now I don't know where my family is.
0: Wow, that's really powerful.
1: And she was at like their studio. You know how they had the call center when her sister called in and was like, I'm your sister. (laughs)
0: Wow, that's crazy. Yeah.
1: So it's like life changing for people.
0: How many aliens are still at large for probing unsuspecting victims? <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah. all of them. Have you seen this alien?
1: <laughs> Especially the ghost probing ones. Yeah. There's oh, yeah. nobody reporting uh, that's on those. Rough. Hard to trace. Uh, according to their website, they've also helped to exonerate seven wrongly convicted people. Wow. So people who were in jail, featured on this program, were released from jail.
0: I wonder how many people were harassed for racial profiling or generalizations like, well, you know, Buck at the auto place has a mustache and this guy has a mustache.
1: Same. <laughs> Same
0: guy. Let's call the police.
1: They did get a lot of tips. I'm sure. Overall, they claim to have solved more than 260 cases, which is like a quarter of their, well, not quite a quarter, but quite significant. That's, a, I mean, pretty impressive. Yeah, that's yeah. really cool. Also considering that some of them just couldn't possibly be solved.
0: It must have been so crazy to be a criminal and be watching
1: your own like your favorite
0: show and then all of a sudden you're on it.
1: Oh gosh. Can you imagine? And I do remember in some of the updates them saying things like that. So currently Unsolved Mysteries is celebrating its 35th anniversary.
0: Well, it just got a reboot a few years back. Yes. That was a big deal.
1: It's actually touted as one of the longest, not the longest, but one of the longest running programs on television. But how long did it go off the air? Well, since its inception, the show has aired on four different networks: okay, NBC, Lifetime, Spike, and Netflix. Okay, so it's it's had a lot of different iterations, but it's been continuously shown for thirty five years, sometimes in rerun format. But it's oh, been I get what on you're the air.
0: okay, you know. We were really excited when we heard it was getting a reboot. Yeah. And then I think like most people, it was a little weird to not have Robert Stack be on it. Yeah. But I will say that it's very well done. And the episodes are so well produced. Yeah. And they're very nicely shot. Like the cinematography is great. The stories run in a a really great linear way to follow. I was skeptical. I was excited, but I was very skeptical to have it just be like in in name only. Mm -hmm. And I think that even though it's not the iconic version, they're doing a good job keeping it going.
1: Well, I will say it has some of the same producers, the same song. It's been updated.
0: Yeah. Now it's a trap mix. The. <laughs> Little Wayne.
1: <laughs> no, uh, the the format has changed because okay. it doesn't do the four quick episodes now, and I think they've all been true crime based. Everyone we've seen, I don't think so. I don't remember. I feel like there
0: was an alien one.
1: Oh, maybe
0: and a ghost one. Was there? Yeah, I don't okay. know. We, I mean, we watched them when they first came out. We haven't revisited. I do them.
1: have good news. They what? have another one coming. Oh, another sweet. season. So. I'm all in. Yes. So it's continuing on. There's also a podcast. It's joined the digital age. Really? I haven't listened to it, so I can't tell you. Because Oh,
0: it's not like a podcast that just talks about each episode?
1: It's a podcast about different stories. I don't know if it's the episode summaries or talking about the episode oh, okay. or different stories. I really don't know. Sure. So um, we'll all listen to that together and find out if it's good or not.
0: Did Unsolved Mysteries win any Emmys?
1: Yes, they did win several awards.
0: Did Robert Stack win an Emmy?
1: I don't think so.
0: Did he win an Academy? Is he getting an EGOT? No, he's
1: I don't not. think
0: he did a Tony, but he did do a little theater in his early <laughs> days.
1: Well, in, in case you're wondering why is he not involved with this new iteration, can I remind you that he was born in 1919?
0: That is so long ago.
1: So he died.
0: Yeah, I'm going to comfortably say he's not alive. Still,
1: he died. He may. There are talks with his ghost about coming back. They could
0: do the um, AI, oh, and just bring him back. No. Oh, on our plane back from Ugh. Japan, we watched the new Indiana Jones movie.
1: Why did they make him young? It did Why did look they do real? that? That was really weird. It was upsetting.
0: Yeah. I was, wasn't a fan of that.
1: It was worse. I also watched like Jurassic Park 57. It was so bad, but it was so long. Yeah. And the AI on that was better than... I.
0: Well, I will say of the Indiana Jones franchise, I enjoyed this last one way, way more than the Kingdom of the Crystal Skulls or whatever. I just did not like that one. Of all five, that was the only one I didn't like. I really liked... This last one felt like a... Solid Indiana Jones movie. I just it was really weird knowing that Harrison Ford is not young, but yeah. I'm supposed to watch him and think he's young.
1: Well, and it was his old voice. He's yeah. <laughs> like, I'm old, but I look young.
0: Anyway, okay. Uh, so maybe maybe we'll get an AI host, Robert I'm, Stack.
1: I'm really fingers crossed for Ghost crossover. I, I would
0: love, yeah, I would love his ghost uh-huh. just appearing and hosting random episodes.
1: Wouldn't it be great?
0: Yeah, that's really cool. Thank you. Well, I learned a lot.
1: You're welcome. And
0: that was super fun because we all kind of grew up with Unsolved Mysteries, but it is kind of sad that young people don't care about old people's early careers.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm not going to go watch his movies.
0: Yeah, it is funny. Sometimes when an old actor becomes famous or something, you go to Google them and the very first search is them young. Yeah. And everybody wants to know what they look like when they were young.
1: It's true. That
0: is kind of funny, but I had no clue. I mean, I I guess i now thinking about it. Yes, he was in Airplane, but I hadn't really given that much thought. I didn't think he had an entire big career.
1: Yeah, he was huge. Yeah. Speaking, I'd like to
0: see him in a in a western or something. I bet he's really good.
1: You do that, I won't. Okay. But speaking of old people looking young, I just watched When Harry Met Sally on the plane because yeah. we were on the plane for I like twelve hours. That. We
0: should do a rundown of the movie. No, we no. Oh, maybe oh, yes. I will vouch. For, oh no, go ahead. You do yours first, and then I'll follow okay. up.
1: So I had never seen When Harry Met Sally. I thought I'd watch it, and uh, it w- didn't hold up. Don't watch it. Okay. But it was Billy Crystal. Uh-huh. younger oh i couldn't accept him as a young man like the kissing i wanted to die
0: he's I, always kind of looked the same age
1: though well i kept thinking of him as the the his character from the princess bride miracle max and i was just like <laughs> uh, which i know he had makeup on for that but it was just too much and i know him as an old actor so seeing him probably younger than we currently are, I don't know. He just yeah. looks old to me. I, I can't wrap my mind around I it. I peeked
0: around and saw you watching When Harry Met Sally, and that made me laugh. Um, I did watch a I watched a ton of movies, but the one that I really enjoyed was I finally watched the Weird Al movie. Yeah. And it was so funny. I had no clue it wasn't a real bio. It's just a parody of a bio, which is completely on brand with Weird Al. So yeah. if you have not seen it and you're a fan of Weird Al... First thing you should do is go listen to our Weird Al episode.
1: Oh, yeah. Second
0: thing you should do is watch that movie because I laughed pretty hard. I was one of those guys laughing out loud with my headphones. (laughs) Because there were so many absurd scenes. And I think just because I love Weird Al's sense of humor, seeing it in, you know, I love UHF. But seeing it like this, it it really worked. All the jokes landed for me. And so that was a good one. I also watched the insanely long because we had so much time to kill Boz Lerman adaptation of Elvis. The guy playing Elvis, I don't know who he is, but he did a really good job. Um, But man, seeing Tom Hanks (laughs) in a fat suit doing this weird, I don't know what it was, a German accent, and he's like, I just want you to go to here and and take this money and come on, Elvis, I'm giving you opportunities was really, I could not take it serious at all. And it was like too two hours and 40 minutes or something. But anyway, enough of that. Sorry, we could go on about our our updates.
1: Yeah, I watched a lot of movies.
0: (laughs) I did too. I watched too many.
1: Not one that I was like, that was a great movie.
0: Yeah. Anyway, hope you enjoyed our episode on (laughs) Unsolved Mysteries. Welcome
1: to our conversation.
0: (laughs) Yeah. um, If we were ever going to end, that episode was still an Unsolved Mystery. (laughs) Uh, If you like what you heard, you can follow us at lasergraves.com or on Instagram at lasergraves. You can check out all our back episodes, uh, rate, review, subscribe, tell your friends. But we do appreciate you listening. And um, I really enjoyed this. Thanks for taking the lead. I did not see this one coming and I loved every minute of it. This was super fun. Thanks. The point of us starting a podcast was to discover information about things we grew up on and maybe didn't know as much about and this is prime example of that now i know in the future when robert stack comes up in conversation that i can hold my own with all the facts
1: yeah you can say he was a number two skeet shooting national (laughs) champion that'll
0: be my number one fact (laughs) okay everybody well happy new year we will see you next time have fun uh, and maybe you'll see us. Maybe you'll see us on an update.
1: moi That was oh, no. Japanese. Don't do that. I'm Japanese <laughs> okay, now. Bye. <laughs>